You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 104, Stuck in Traffic. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. And welcome to the show this week, and perhaps you are stuck in traffic. A lot of people listen to the show while they're in the car, uh, not only in America, but we're hearing uh, around the world people are listening, uh, oftentimes in the car, and that's why we provide the show notes for you so you don't you don't get into an accident. And I hope you're having a great week. Um, Emily and I are down south this week. We're not up deep in the woods in Minnesota, where this month they have received over 39 inches of snow. It's February. And that's a record, all-time record for February for Minnesota, and it's the fourth, uh, the fourth uh, month on record uh, for the most snow in a month, the fourth. And so we have escaped that uh, below zero stuff, and we are down south in the uh, the uh, the hunting camp in. Baton Rouge, right outside of Baton Rouge, and we're having a great time down here. In fact, we're kind of stationed down here for a few weeks, and we've been speaking in in Metairie down by uh, New Orleans. We'll be back down there, and Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Lafayette, Louisiana, of course, Baton Rouge with Father Josh Johnson. In fact, just had three nights with Father Josh, a mission, and we were talking about the activated disciple, and it was it's just a great time to be down here. But the highlight has been so far the boucherie with with uh, Chef John False, my good friend Chef John False, uh, one of the best chefs in the entire world. We took uh, took part in a boucherie. That's a the a butchering of a pig, and all these chefs came from around the country. It was really interesting and a new thing for me. But to top that off, I can top that off tonight. Tonight. Chef John False and I are going to finally have the gumbo cook-off. That's right, in Baton Rouge. He is a uh, an award-winning chef on PBS and around the world. He, he cooked for President Reagan and Gorbachev. He's cooked for the Pope. He's cooked for many presidents. And uh, he has taken up the challenge with me to do a gumbo cook-off tonight, and uh, I'm going to have to give you the results of that uh, on the next <laughs> the next show, because uh, uh, we're going to see how it goes tonight. Need your prayers on that. Hey, I've got some good, um, before we get to the topic of stuck in traffic, I've got some uh, interesting emails, beautiful email, and I appreciate that, that you, that you send me email, not only suggesting ideas for shows, but but uh, your, you know, your comments on the previous shows and how they have changed your life, and I do appreciate that. Matthew writes, he says, I'm a college senior in Wisconsin, an avid listener of your podcast, and I'm on my way to being confirmed this coming Easter. Congratulations, Matthew. He said, you've played a huge part in that last note. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for your willingness to share stories in your books And on your show, you have an incredible ability to communicate things related to faith, and you have really helped me begin to, quote-unquote, reconfigure my life. Speaking of which, I have a group of close friends here on campus that are reading The Activated Disciple, myself included, and I cannot begin to explain to you how much that book is impacting my walk with the Lord and my walk towards confirmation. 
That's the thank you, thank you, thank you, Matthew. And and if anybody wants to get a hold of the Activated Disciple book, you can go to ascensionpress.com. Eileen writes in and says, Can you give an update on your friend Sandy, who is waiting for a lung? I am still praying for him. Eileen writes the beautiful letter, Eileen. And you're not you're not gonna believe this, but I just received an, a text today from Sandy's wife, Donnie. And he had the lung transplant. He got the call on Sunday, and this previous Sunday, and he had the lung transplant. I have not spoken to him yet. He's doing well. Thank you for your prayers, everybody. Seriously, thank you. And I, uh, and I know that Sandy and Donnie thank you with all of their heart. And uh, she sent me a text just uh, about an hour and a half ago and said that he's doing good. He's recovering. It's going to take a while but he has that lung. So Eileen, thank you for for asking. And all of you, all my friends, thank you for praying for my next door neighbor. Deep in the woods of Minnesota, that is Sandy. And then uh, finally in the in the mailbag this week, uh, Daniel writes and says, please and thank you. Great podcast. I've been going through them all on Spotify. Your podcast is the only Catholic podcast that I found that is actually leading me to prayer and a closer relationship with the Lord. Thanks for what you do. Well, I'm sure there's other ones too, Daniel, and you've got to, you got to look there, but I do appreciate your comments, and that, that means an awful lot, an awful lot to me. Well, turning to the, the subject this week, stuck in traffic. How many of you have ever been stuck in traffic? I know I have, and it's got to be one of the more... Um, more frustrating things in life to to know that you've only got 13, 14 miles to go and you are crawling along at five mile an hour wondering, you know, uh, how, how long do I got to wait in this? And, and it gets frustrating. And other people get frustrated with you, you know, and you're looking for that uh, that exit off the highway so you can take some other route to get to uh, to get to your destination. Well, the idea for this show this week actually came from a, a priest in Baton Rouge, and uh, he was talking during his homily this last week, and he was quoting um, a billboard at a very, very, very congested junction in America, and the billboard said something very, very profound, and I got to thinking about this as far as church, your parish, your walk with the Lord, and and the billboard said this, and maybe you can identify with this as you are stuck in traffic, right? Uh, the billboard said, you are not stuck in traffic, you are traffic. <laughs> I love that. I love that quote. Let me say it again. You are not stuck in traffic. You are traffic. Isn't that something that's actually profound? Because, you know, so often when we get stuck in traffic and we don't feel like we're getting anywhere, um, I think we automatically think that we're the victim. You know, I'm the victim here. I'm the one that's supposed to be at work. I pay my taxes. I should be able to drive on these roads. And I'm the only normal one. I'm just surrounded by all these idiots, you know, that don't know what they're doing. How come everybody's on the road? And that's really interesting because um, they're probably thinking that about you and me, right? <laughs> they're probably thinking that about, about us. The traffic problem is always everybody else's problem. It's not, it's not mine. I'm a victim of, tra- of traffic. So remember, you're not stuck in traffic. You are traffic. Now, how do we take that and bring that into our everyday life and our spiritual, our spiritual growth and our life, our life in, in the parish? Well, I think sometimes we, we have to realize that if we're in a parish and we feel like we're stuck in traffic, that we may be the traffic. 
you know? Uh, I've run into so many people over the years who, who ask me basically the same question. Uh, can you give me some advice, Jeff? I, I, at my parish, we don't have a youth program. We don't have a, a good RCIA program. We don't have a good Bible study in our church. We don't have this. We don't have that. And our church isn't, and our church is that. And they're sitting there stuck in traffic, and what they don't realize is they are traffic. They are part of the problem that they're not doing anything. They're just stuck. And everybody's kind of looking at each other and kind of get upset with each other in the parish or maybe this committee or, or that committee. Or you might be even upset with your, with your pastor when the truth of the matter is we don't have to be the traffic. We can come up with some solutions and perhaps some, some exit ramps from the traffic and start to get things moving in our local parish. I want to make just a few observations about being stuck in traffic, and then, and then I want to turn our attention after the break to Hosea to talk about breaking up the fallow ground and doing something different in our parish. And I'm saying this on the heels of uh, spending three days with, Fa- with Father Josh Johnson. Check him out. He's on Ascension Press. He has a podcast called Ask Father. Uh, Ask Father Josh, I think it's called, and and he does a great job. At his parish, there's no gridlock. They're not stuck in traffic. They've got so many people that are moving at 65, 70 miles an hour in that parish from Lucy, who's their RCIA director, Wendy. Uh, Father Josh has an amazing cafe, and he has an outreach to the poor, food, diaper outreach, babies, uh, pregnant mothers. You can go there and get a a haircut, and um, it's really an amazing place. It's it's moving. And and I walk around and talk to different people in in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I say, hey, I was down at at, uh, Holy Rosary with Father Josh Johnson. And every one of them will say, oh, man, he's just really getting things stirred up there. He's doing a great job. Yeah, he's not stuck in traffic. And a lot of his people aren't stuck in traffic. They're moving along, and everybody's doing something. And I know that you want to be a part of a church like that, and so I'm going to suggest that that uh, uh, you're not stuck in traffic. You are traffic. Let's move it. Let's do something a little bit different. One of the things that we uh, that causes us to be stuck in traffic in our church and in our spiritual life, uh, my wife was telling me this morning, Emily was saying, was gawking. How many times do you ride along at 60 miles an hour and, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, traffic's stopping up ahead, red lights, red lights, and you suddenly go down to a crawl and you're wondering, what's the problem? And after about 20 minutes of crawling along at two, three miles an hour, you realize there was an accident up there and everybody wanted to look. Everybody was gawking. Gawking at what? Looking at what? Everybody else's trouble. Everybody else's accident, everybody else's pain and suffering. And it's kind of like watching cable news, isn't it? It's like sitting all day and watching Fox or CNN or MSNBC or, or one of those stations. And, and what are you doing? We're gawking, you know? Let's see the problems in the world. Let's watch that. And while you sit there watching that, you're part of the traffic. We're not moving anywhere as a church. And so uh, one of the things I want to do is encourage you to not be a gawker in your parish, not just staring at the problems around you, but be part of the solution 
to those problems. You'll notice that when a, a parish is stuck in traffic, a parish uh, is not a witnessing parish or a parish that has uh, adoration and vocations are really are really promoted. Uh, nobody's witnessing to everybody else. And this is one of the things that I've been speaking about around the country as I've been speaking from parish to parish, and particularly in New Orleans and Baton Rouge in the last couple of weeks, is that if you want to see a parish that's moving and not stuck in traffic, you're going to see a parish that's learning to win souls, witnessing, sharing Christ with other people. And I've have I have previous shows on this. You know, I talk, talk about you know giving people a free cup of kerygma, the kerygma, and uh, and those are the seven points of how we share Christ with people. You know, number one, God loves you and has an amazing plan for your life. Number two, sin has messed up our lives. Number three, good news, Jesus has come to die for our sins and give us new life. Number four, we need to respond to this good news with reorienting our lives to Christ. That's that's called repentance, right? And then we need to, number five, we need to be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. Number six, join his marvelous family that struggles at times. That's the church. And then number seven, we need to make disciples ourselves. So uh, one of the, the things you can do to break up the traffic in your church is start teaching people how to win people to Christ. And and I do highly suggest that you read my new book, The Activated Disciple, followed by the 40-Day Challenge. And the 40-Day Challenge is just that. It's a challenge to act like a disciple for 40 days. And we'll give you a journal if you sign up. You can do all that, and uh, we'll, we'll pass that on to you. So you can go to ascensionpress.com. And uh, Christina, my marvelous producer, will put those those notes in the show notes for you. Another thing about isolated uh, or, or about uh, uh, being stuck in traffic, you know, in your parish is that everyone is isolated, one to a car, right? And you're driving, you're seeing only one person in each car. In the meantime, the buses with 40 people, what do they do? They all move right around you. They're all going in the same direction. Something about a bus and going in the same direction means that they can move faster. And if our parishes will be on the same page with one another and uh, and go forward, I think you're going to move faster rather than everybody living their own isolated, single life. It's just me and nobody else. And uh, and then you, when you're all alone in your own car, what are we doing typically? Well, we're, we're kind of just entertaining ourselves, listening to music or listening to talk radio or news or something like that. And, and yet we're frustrated. We're entertained yet frustrated. And these buses fly right by. Well, there's a lot of analogies that we can talk about when we, we talk about uh, being stuck in traffic in our parish, but my challenge to you this week is don't be the one that's part of the traffic. Break away and start doing something different in your parish to win souls and to educate people and form people in Christ and pray and adoration, RC. You know what? We, we need more RCIA directors than ever before. Because that's the entryway into the parish, and gets you get things moving that way. And I hear more complaints from people of, we don't have a good RCI program. Well, why don't you exit off of the traffic jam and start doing something? Maybe God is calling you to do something about it. We don't have a 24-hour adoration chapel. Well, exit out of the traffic and start one in your parish. Nobody's teaching the youth. Exit off of the traffic and the highway and begin 
to be that person of change. We're going to take a break. When I come back, I want to take a look real quick here at the prophet Hosea and a principle in the Bible, that a principle about uh, breaking up fallow ground and preparing for change. And it's going to be a quick teaching, but I think it's an important teaching, particularly if you're stuck in traffic. Remember, just remember that you are not stuck in traffic. <laughs> you might be the traffic. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. Every one of us is made in the image of God. We are unique, worthy of love, and called to greatness. In this world, though, we can be distracted from that truth and begin to doubt God's love is real. You see, we live in a world that tells us we are not smart, attractive, thin, or rich enough. It is easy to focus on the ways we fall short of worldly perfection and forget that we are already made perfect. We are already enough. I'm Danielle Bean, author of You Are Enough, what women of the Bible teach you about your mission and worth. You Are Enough dives into the stories of women in the Bible so that you can fully see God's plan for your life. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. Welcome back to the Jeff Caven Show. I am coming to you from the uh, the camp, the hunting camp, deep, deep down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana this week, spending some time with my good friend, Chef John False and, and Sister Dulcie over at uh, Cypress Springs, one of the Mercedarian sisters. Wow, what a great group of, of ladies there. And I, I was able to do a Saturday seminar there a couple of weeks ago. Hey, we're talking about being stuck in traffic, and uh, you're not stuck in traffic. You are the traffic. And in our, in our parishes, uh, we don't want to be the traffic. We don't want to be part of that. We want to break away and, and get things moving, unclog the, the highway, so to speak. You know, the prophet Hosea lived in the final days of the northern kingdom, where one king would, would murder another, and Israel was involved in, in Canaanite religions at the time. And Hosea saw the failure of Israel to acknowledge God. They were in their own traffic jam uh, on the highway from, from the northern countries of Mesopotamia all the way to the south, Egypt and Africa. The, the Levant, the, the, this, this land called Israel, was certainly in a jam at that point. And Israel wasn't going anywhere, and they're involved in Canaanite religion. Hosea saw the failure of Israel to acknowledge God, and Israel had turned to Baal worship and sacrificed at the pagan high places, which included associating with the sacred prostitutes at the sanctuaries and worshiping the calf image at Samaria. They also indulged in gross materialism. Aren't you glad we're not part of that kind of a culture? Hosea's message was one of calling Israel to repentance, to reorient their life to God, and God wanted to move in their lives just like he wants to move in your parish's life, and he wants to move in your life, but they had to do something before God would move in their life. They had to repent if he was going to bless them. In other words, if the highway was going to break up, if the traffic jam, your parish is going to break up, there's got to be repentance, right? There's got to be repentance, even in your own life. In Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12, I'll put it in the show notes for you, um, it says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord 
until he comes and showers righteousness on you. It's a great scripture. I mean, it's great for a traffic jam, right? You know, in our lives so often the, the, there's nothing growing. It's not fruitful. It's like, it's like we are uh, not going anywhere like a traffic jam. And Hosea has the perfect solution to that when he says, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground. For it's time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. You know, the the problem with fallow ground or unplowed ground is that you can throw a, a, a seed on top of the unplowed ground, but there's like a crust there on the surface that will not allow the seed to enter into the good soil. And it can rain, but the seed is not in the soil, and that rain just kind of, it kind of goes off that seed like uh, water off a duck's back, and it never grows. It, it, it never you know, takes root and bears fruit. And it could be like us in our, in our uh, traffic jam parishes. And that is, we hear the Word of God every week, and we receive the Lord, but we have, not, we have not repented. We have not changed our ways, and we have not given God any good soil in which His Word can germinate and grow, bear, bear fruit you know, in our lives. And so, one of the lessons that we learn from Hosea and Israel, who are experiencing a traffic jam in the land of Canaan, is that when God moves in the lives of His people— He expects us to do our part. We must respond to his call. And if God is moving you right now to begin an RCIA program, then begin to break up the unplowed ground in your life so that God can can grow something in your life. If you notice the traffic jam in your parish and you want to do something about it, start with your own heart. And ask God, how can I be part of the solution? I don't want to be traffic. I want to be a part of the solution. Now, if you notice the relationship of the words and you look at Hosea 10 and verse 12, notice the relationship between the, between the words. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love, right? So you've got sow and reap. Break up your unplowed ground for it's time to seek the Lord. So you've got the relationship there. How do we break up the, the, the fallow ground, the unplowed ground in our life? We seek the Lord in prayer. Are you an activated disciple? Are you seeking the Lord in your life? Are you breaking up the unplowed ground so that his seed can grow? So we've got this relationship between sow and reap, break up and seek, and then we've got sow righteousness. He rains, showers, and righteousness on you. Do you hear that in the background? I'm not kidding you. We got a rainstorm just started here in Baton Rouge. That was thunder and lightning out here in the uh, <laughs> the hunting camp. Uh, so we'll hurry this up a little bit. Now, God will rain righteousness down upon you. He'll shower righteousness on you if you sow righteousness. What are you sowing in that traffic jam of a parish? What are you What are you sowing yourself? Isn't that beautiful? Galatians in the New Testament sort of echoes what what Hosea is saying. In Galatians, Paul says, a man reaps what he sows. God wants us to reap, but we must sow. What happens in our lives so often is that the soil of our daily lives is undisturbed. 
It's another traffic jam. It's another 25 minutes to work. Yeah, I'm going to find something else to do. Maybe I'll entertain myself with radio or, or uh, XM radio or, you know. And some of you, unfortunately, and my wife always warns me, don't do it. And sitting there watching YouTube videos, you know, on the way, on the way to work, quite dangerous. But uh, uh, this, is what, this is what we have to do. We have to, we have to um, take care of that, that unplowed ground in our lives. And uh, we carry on undisturbed, quiet, to the point where the soil of our heart develops a crust that does not permit the seed to grow and bear fruit. Day after day after day, we just sit in traffic. And there are areas of your life that used to be tilled, perhaps, and you would sow toward righteousness. For example, maybe you used to witness to other people. Maybe you used to study the Word of God more. Maybe you had more of a devotion to a particular saint, or you you went to uh, adoration or daily Mass, but now that portion of your life, well, it lays dormant. You're back in the jam. You're back in the traffic jam, unproductive and filled with noxious weeds and frustration. Well, maybe this show today is for you. Maybe this is a turning point for you. Sick of the traffic jam? Hmm. I've been there before. I get sick of it. Hosea also said back in the Old Testament in chapter 8 and verse 7, they sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. (laughs) So the significance of what Hosea is saying becomes more vivid when you understand the nature of Israel's sin. They were involved with Baal cult worship. Now, Baal worship is directly tied to fertility issues. Israel was involved in Baal worship for the purpose of, what? Increased crops. And they were sowing to Baal with hopes of rain. But Hosea said, no, don't sow to Baal with hopes of rain. Sow righteousness. Seek the Lord, and he will rain righteousness on you. You see, Hosea uses the agricultural metaphor to speak to Israel Maybe you have been sowing to the wind, and you are reaping the whirlwind. Break up the unplowed ground, my friend. Break it up this week. Sow to righteousness. What does it mean to sow righteousness? It means that you begin to do what lines up with God's will in any given area. Is there unplowed or unseated ground in your marriage, your work, your finances, your personal time, your thought life? Have you been sowing to the wind in various areas of your life? Even more to the point, are you guilty of what Israel was guilty of, serving mammon or the gods of this world, hoping for a return that only God can give you? Wow. So there's so many examples in the Bible where God, he called on his people to reorient their lives when they were in a jam. You know, I think about the man in 2 Kings 4. Ooh, do you hear that? hear that thunder? God wants to rain on you. Wow, that's pretty heavy out there. God wants to rain righteousness on you. No oil until the vessels were gathered, 2 Kings 5. No healing until the leper had dipped seven times. Joel 2, no reconciliation without repentance. I could go on and on. There's so many amazing examples in the Bible. Well, let's draw this to a close this week because I know that I know you want to get busy and break up the fallow ground. Once again, are you stuck in traffic? (laughs) I'll say it again. As I said at the top of the show, you're not stuck in traffic. 
you are traffic. And your church might not be stuck in traffic. Maybe they're traffic, right? And you want to break up the fallow ground and get things moving. In order to do that, you got to break up that fallow ground of your heart. Start with your own heart. Start with the shape of your day and begin to seek the Lord in the morning. And uh, I highly recommend that you get my new book, The Activated Disciple, along with the new Great Adventure Bible at Ascension Press. You can just go to ascensionpress.com for both and start a new life. You know, start a new a new road, a new adventure, and uh, and begin to seek the Lord and break up that traffic in your church and start to do something that will will give a freshness and life and vitality and a dynamism to the people surrounding you. Well, that's my word for you this week, and I hope it's a challenge, and I hope you'll take me up on that challenge, uh, remembering that you're not stuck in traffic, you are the traffic, and, and we want to break out of that. I want to close in prayer. I want to pray for you and I want you to know that I love you and I really look forward to hearing from you. Hey, by the way, I'm using Instagram now and I've always used Twitter and Facebook and things like that, but I'm now using um, Instagram to communicate for these shows. And if you'd like to uh, to get in touch with me, you can do that at Instagram. My name's just Jeff Cavins. And, uh, or you can email me at the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. Uh, look forward to, in a couple weeks from now, I, I did a show with uh, Father Josh Johnson, and he did a show with me for his show, Ask Father Josh. Uh, and we're going we're gonna, to uh, give those to you. It's part of a new segment of my show called Meet My Friends, and we're going to do that like once a month in addition to this show. Shall we pray? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you today for life. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit and the mission that you have introduced us to. Lord, we repent of being the traffic, and we ask you to help us break free and to be leaders, and to be instigators in a good way in our parishes, and to get things moving. As the great Hillel said one time, if not me, who? And if not now, when? Lord, may we take that challenge and come to you and see what you can do in our lives. We thank you for doing amazing things. In Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I love you, and you have a fantastic week.